Kyle asked me if I wanted to wear the mic or if I wanted to use this mic, and if any of y'all know me, you know I don't move. I stick right here. Oh, there we go. I stick right here because uh, I can't stay, stay too far away from my notes. <clears throat> the motivation for this uh, afternoon's lesson was kind of a sad motivation. Well, you can judge for it what you will. Here... His motivation was my son Deacon. I didn't tell him I was going to do this. About two or three weeks ago, I've been working late on Wednesday night, and I'd missed worship. And he came in, and he said, you should have heard the lesson. He said it was talking about how about people reading their Bible every day. He said how so many people have so many Bibles, and yet they don't read them. And he pretty much said, Dad, he'd seen me. Not reading like I should have. So, it was a, a good thing that he saw that. But it was a sad thing that he saw it too because I hadn't been reading like I, like I should have been. And so, he saw that and he said it was enough for him to bring it up that says, Dad, you know, you, we need to be reading more because we've got Bibles all over the house. And yet, sometimes I get real busy that's not an excuse, but I've used it. I, uh, you know, get up at four in the morning and you work till five or six in the afternoon. You're just worn out. You come in, you eat something, you barely get anything done. You know what? You lay down, you do it all over again. That's not an excuse because there are a lot of people who've been in a lot harder situations and they found time to read the scriptures. It's not just about reading. It's about a lot of different things that we need to do. And turn to Acts 5.42. Turn to Acts 5.42. Acts 5.42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So what I want to talk about is and stress is the word daily. We know that these scriptures are written here. uh, Romans 15.4 says they were written for our learning. Let's turn over there. Let's turn over and uh, read Romans 15.4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So there are commands, there are examples of what to do and what not to do. There, But this this book right here is our guidebook and it gives us all kinds of good and bad examples of the way we need to act and the way we need to stay away from. And the first one I want to talk about is, is daily prayer. Let's turn back to the Old Testament, Exodus 30, verses 7 and 8. Exodus chapter 30, verses 7 and 8. Aaron shall burn it on sweet incense every morning. When he t- every morning when he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Under, the Ju- under Judaism, incense was offered to the Lord daily. And, and we see over in Revelation, I've got you jumping back and forth, but turn over to Re- Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. It says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp 
and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And then also in chapter 8, verse 3 of the same book. Then another angel. My pages are sticking together here. I apologize. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So we see that incense here, it was, it was but a figure of prayer. Daily needs need, need daily prayer to the faithful Christian. How many of us pray one time, we get up in the morning and we pray, God, just take care of me, thank you for doing this for me, and then we forget about it. And I, that's another thing that I have been guilty of. I can only use me for an example. I don't know how your all's lives are. I hope that they're from time to time not like mine because you get into a, a rut of not doing the things daily that you need to be doing because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make for uh, an, a better life. Maybe not an easier life, but for a better life. And we see in Luke eleven three, give us this day our daily bread. They prayed every day. If you can just give me, take care of me today, Lord, that's what I'm looking for. A lot of people think that one prayer will take care of everything for an awful long time. And we need to realize that daily needs mean daily prayer to a faithful Christian. Let's turn over to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. <clears throat> Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I've said it before. God knows what we need. God knows uh, everything that we need. He knows what we're going to pray about before we pray. But that's the kicker is, are we going to pray to the Lord? The Lord knows what we need. Are we going to go to God and say, Lord, I need this. I need you to take care of me. I've got this problem. Or it might be that everything is going great. Lord, thank you for what you've done so far. Please continue you know, to take care of me. The Lord, Lord knows, but he, he wants us through prayer to realize that we depend on him and that we go to him in prayer. And then in Psalm 55, this is a wonderful verse. Psalm chapter 55, verse 17. This is David speaking. He said, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. That pretty much covers it. Evening, morning, and at noon. David was praying all the time. And we realize David was in a lot of tight spots throughout his life. But he realized there were times where he, um, where he messed up. There's going to be times when we mess up too. But David realized, Lord, I need you. I need to pray to you all the time. Uh, there, First Thessalonians five seventeen says, "Pray without ceasing," and that doesn't mean to pray twenty four hours a day, but that means to pray all the time. It means to pray. You don't have to stop and pull over, pull the car over, and stop and bow your head. There's been times when I've gone to work, and I may have said it when I was here last time. I, it's about a thirty minute drive to work, and there's been times that I've prayed for thirty minutes from the time I got in the van, to the time I drove all the way over here to Le- over to Lexington, and I prayed to the Lord. Because I've, I've had a lot on my mind. And, I've, and we need to realize that praying daily, this is something we need to do daily. It's not something we do just when we're eating. It's not just something to do when we find out. Uh, a brother told me one time, he said, sometimes we look, instead of uh, our first choice, we look at the Lord as the last, res- uh, last resort. I'm getting tongue-tied today. Um, sometimes I've been in bad in a, in a bad situation and I've tried everything in the world and I'll go through everything and everything and the last thing it is you know what I pray to God and I'm like okay 
the Lord is the last resort. Well, I got that all backwards. The Lord is the first one we need to go to because the Lord's going to take care of us. It may not, he may not take us, grab us and pull us out of that situation, but he'll get us through these situations. We need to put him first on our list and not down at the very bottom as a last resort. So we need to realize that praying daily, praying for, you know, I remember when I was in high school, a lot of times I prayed before tests because I realized actually that I hadn't studied the night before. And I, and I realized the Lord wasn't going to give me the answers, but I still prayed for those tests anyway. But we need to pray in all situations and pray according to his will. Not only do we need to uh, pray daily, but we need to study our Bible. Let's turn to John five thirty nine. John chapter 5, verse 39. 539 says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. And in, in 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul tells us, it says, To study to show thyself approved unto God. Does that just happen on Saturday night and on Wednesday afternoon? Is that the only time we study to show ourselves approved to God? Or is that a constant, everyday thing? And that's something that, again, that I need to work on. Is I study for these lessons, I study certain subjects, and I talk to people, but I don't have a consistently, a consistent time that I have set aside. I find time, but I need to make time and set, side, set, a, set time aside to study my Bible, if it's not just for our class, it's, it's a subject that maybe I need to study on to help to teach others. But whatever it is, I need to search the Scriptures to prove. Because, you know, I grew up in a family of Christians. My mother and father uh, were both Christians. And sometimes that's a, uh, it's a blessing. But sometimes we take it for, uh, take it for granted that it's just always going to be there and that I'll just kind of inherit being a Christian. I don't know if y'all have ever thought that way. But I've always gone to church. My mom and dad were always faithful, and I've, I've, I've worshipped. But, you know, the old saying, God doesn't have any grandchildren. Mom and dad brought me. They taught me. But there was a time in my life where I needed to get it for myself, and I needed to become a child of God. And I'm not going to know how to become a child of God or how to stay a faithful child of God if I don't know what's in this book. You know, there's a lot of things I can kind of tell you because I've heard them for years and years. But... You're not going to live off 10 or 15 years of study uh, you know, behind you. You need to continue studying until the very day you die. You need to continue to study the Word, read it, and meditate upon it. And you need to learn it. Uh, and there's something you can always learn. Uh, I've, I've had many brothers who you think would know everything. They'd say, you know, I read this passage and I saw this. I never saw that before. And they'd probably read that passage a thousand times. But they read it again and they saw something that could help them in their lives and help to teach others. Over in Acts chapter 17, 11. <clears throat> Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness, searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. I hope that y'all don't just take what Kyle says just because, you know, I love Kyle. And I know that he is going to teach the truth, but I hope you don't just go, well, it's because it's Kyle. I just, I believe it. I hope that when he says, turn to this verse, and this is what this verse says, I hope you're turning over there and going, okay, putting your finger on it, going, yeah, that's what it says. And that's what that means. Because, because as human beings, we can make mistakes. And, and 
it would absolutely just kill me if I ever said anything that was wrong and someone said, well, because it's Tim, I trust Tim. Well, thank you for trusting me, but don't trust me so much that you don't follow along and look and see what I'm telling you and making sure that it's the right thing to say because because uh, that would be terrible if you said, well, I believe that and it was something was wrong because I would be wrong and you would be wrong and how many other people might go, might agree with that and, and it would be false teaching and it would be terrible. <clears throat> Our children, when they go to school, they go five days a week for nine months out of the year to learn math, grammar, geography, and so many other things. And then sometimes, though, we think we can go to Bible school an hour a week, hour or two a week, and we figure they can just get everything they need by just pushing them into a class. And again, that's you're going to hear me say this a lot. I've been guilty of that in the past. I've been guilty of letting the class teach my son and by the way that I mean they're wonderful teachers but that's not their responsibility it's mine and Lori's responsibility to teach Deacon first and foremost the classes should be in addition to what we do in our example and what we teach them at home and so we can't expect them to learn everything they need to know just by coming to class once or twice a week over Matthew 4 verse 4 this is when Jesus was being tempted Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We see the necessity of physical, uh, or food for the physical body. How much more do we need spiritual food for the spiritual body? And, you know, there are some, I, I preached out at Willisburg, and I'm going to tell on them, not by name, but there's only a handful of folks down there, and yet there's some that don't even show up for the Bible study. They come, come walking in 10 or 15 minutes after the service has started. And it really bothers me because, you know, I don't get to be with my brethren near enough. You know, we're there for Bible study and then worship and then worship in the afternoon and on Wednesday night, and that's not near enough. I'd love to, I would love to do something a lot more than that. Uh, sometimes that's not possible, but when we just take the time that we can be there and learn it's not because I'm teaching it's not because I'm teaching the the, the class <clears throat> but it's because you're there with brethren of like precious faith you're there to learn but you're also there to uh, to uplift and and help your brothers and sisters in Christ and they miss on a on a constant basis and I would encourage you that if if you know somebody that's um, you know that's missing class Ask them why. I mean, you know, sometimes things prevent people from making it to class. But if you're missing class just because you don't like getting up that early in the morning, rethink that. Because, you know, when people come in that, especially when people have a hard time, there are some folks at Overland who have a real difficult time physically. But you see them walk in for Bible class, and you know they feel terrible. But, you know, they come in there, and they sit down there, and they listen along, and they follow along their book. That right there gets me jazzed up a little bit. I'm like, you know what? If I feel I feel bad sometimes, but you know what? I know these people have terrible, terrible problems, but they're here because they're here to encourage each other and they're here to learn more. Why can't I be? And so that's what we need to do is, is think about that. If, if, if we're one of those who misses class, try to be here. And if you know someone who misses class on a constant basis, you know, get with them and ask them. Say, look, it would be good if you were here. Not only for my sake or for your sake, but for my sake. And so we need to realize 
that, you know, we need to be here all the time. The world is a terrible, terrible place out there, and I deal with all kinds of horrible people, and I hate to say it that way, but people who do not care one thing about serving Jesus Christ, and I deal with them on a daily basis, and that's why I need, I need to be here every chance I can get and see my brothers and sisters in Christ to be here so we can all help each other get to heaven. And we can't grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ without a daily study of His Word. That's, I mean, that's, that's just, I should say that goes without saying, but, but we, we have to say that. We can't grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ if we don't have the knowledge. We can have people uh, teach us, but we need to study for ourselves and learn for ourselves. Not only do we have, need to have daily prayer, daily Bible study, but daily evangelism. Over Matthew twenty six fifty five, <clears throat> Matthew chapter twenty six verse fifty five. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, "Have you come out against me as a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me." Jesus said, "I sat daily in the temple with you teaching." And sometimes again, people say, "Oh, it's all I can do to get here one time on Sunday," and Jesus was there. You know, a lot of people will say, well, that was a different time. That was a different situation. Yes, it was, but that's no excuse. If we can't be here every time the doors are open, I'm not talking about attendance. I guess I kind of am. But he sat daily with them teaching in the temple. He was there every day, one way or another, teaching and learning. And if we can't do that, we need to, we need to work on that. The apostolic church, the early New Testament church, they grew. And it's unbelievable how much they grew because... Of their aggressive and daily, that's a word we don't usually hear, but aggressive and daily evangelism uh, on the part of its members. Let's turn over to Acts 2, verse 46. We were just there a minute ago. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart daily evangelism Acts 5.42 we just read and then let's turn over to just a couple pages over to Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 now Saul was consenting to his death at that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now, if that were us, what would we do? If, if we knew that we had to bar those doors and pull the shades because there were going to be some people with authority to come in and knock those doors down and drag us out and maybe kill us, maybe stone us, maybe throw us into prison take our kids away, take our wives and husbands away, split us up and do that, what would we do? Would we just go, it's not worth it? And would we go on or would we, and especially if they chased us off from where we live, would we go everywhere teaching the very thing that they were chasing us for? Or would we say, you know what, honey, let's just be quiet about that because uh, that way we'll stay alive. Well, these people didn't do it. These early New Testament Christians, it says they were being killed and thrown into prison for this thing and they went everywhere preaching the word that serves as a wonderful example for us about what we need to be doing now 
you know, I've used this excuse in the past. Well, you know, I, I work 45, 50 hours a week sometimes. You know, I've got to make a living. So that takes a whole lot of my time out of my day that I can't really do that. But even while I'm working, I have ended up talking with people about about the uh, about the Lord and about the, the Bible. Um, it's nothing for me, and my wife will tell you this, it's nothing for me to talk to people about politics or about certain things or about the weather or anything. I, I'll strike up a conversation with complete strangers at the cash register or somebody who's waiting on us at a, at a, a, a restaurant or anything like that. I'll talk to them about anything in the world. You know how many times I've said, hey, where do you go to church? Hey, what about this? Hey, how about you come to our gospel meeting? I, I can count on one hand maybe the times that I've done that. And so, you know, the thing... The, the excuse that I might use that, well, you know, I've got to work hard or I've got this, but it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, follow, doesn't follow through with me because I can talk to anybody about anything. Why would I want to talk to them about politics or about the weather when I've got something so much better? Uh, I need to take that same occasion instead of talking about what Donald Trump said or about what somebody said about Donald Trump or whatever's going on in the world. I need to take that same occasion to invite them to services, ask them where they go to church, hand them a tract. I mean, Rodney Barnes, I love him to death. He's a, he's a member over there at uh, Overland. And Rodney will wear you out with the gospel. And you know what? I, I love it. I mean, I love it because you know what? And the sad part about it is is that Rodney is the exception to the rule. It, it doesn't take you long if you're talking about anything. You get it back, it's something, it's something spiritual. And he has a tract to hand out to people. He posts stuff on online. I'm not. I don't get online much, but I know he posts stuff online. He's doing what we're talking about, and so let's not let him be the exception. Let's let him. Uh, let's let him be uh, the rule that we need to be more, uh, more zealous like him and have the zeal that he's got because he is always, always about the Lord's work. And so, in Acts twenty verse thirty one, let's turn over there. This is another example we see about. Uh, about how often the frequency with what we ought to be doing. Acts 20, verse 30 and 31. Paul says, Therefore watch and remember that for three days I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Well, I I missed chapter, uh, verse 30, I'm sorry. Also from among you, uh, from your, among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So when somebody talks to you about the gospel uh, on a nonstop basis, and I'm going to ask this question because, you know, we like talking about, I like talking about old cars. I like talking about Kentucky basketball. There's a lot of things I like to talk about. But when somebody's constantly talking about the word all the time, that's all they're talking about, does that bother you? I mean, you might say, oh, no, it doesn't bother me. But do you shy away from those people? Do you say, well, I just don't really want to talk about that today? That shouldn't annoy us. That should draw us into the conversation and, have, and help us to be able to daily evangelize, to teach others on a daily basis. Again, even if you can't talk to somebody, hand them a track. If you can't talk to them confidently about the scriptures and just invite them and then say, hey, Kyle, come on over here. You know, I'm going to get you busy. Come on over here and, and you can help me with this person if, if those people show up. There's so many ways that we can do. We can evangelize daily. And how many times have we gone days and weeks and maybe even months and you look back and you say, I didn't talk to anybody outside of this group right here about the gospel. 
I didn't go to any gospel meetings. I didn't invite anybody off the street. I didn't call my friends who aren't Christians. <clears throat> if if we're that way, let's stop that. Let's make let's change that. And uh, so we need to we need to be working. We need to be working, praying daily, studying daily, evangelizing daily. <clears throat> we need to be exhorting daily. The word exhortation is to emphatically urge someone to do something. And over in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's whether we're urging someone to repent of the sin, we're urging someone to grow, we're urging someone to become a Christian. Uh, you know, a lot... I had a, some parents of a young man. He's now a gospel preacher, by the way. But I had some parents of a man, a uh, young man, tell me, well, now, don't push him too hard. You know, he was, he, he's, he's a fine young man, but, you know, he's got to be 100% convinced, but don't push him too hard. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to be hateful about it, of course, but I'm definitely going to push him because I knew that, and I, and I knew that he knew that he needed to become a Christian. He, it wasn't just because of his age. He knew the difference between right and wrong. He needed to become a child of God, and so I encouraged him. And I didn't, I didn't do it hatefully, but <clears throat> we need to emphatically urge someone to do something. We need to tell them, hey, we may not have much time on this earth. Hey, this might happen. Hey, you know, there are so many things that can happen. The Lord may come back. There may be so many things that happen. And you need to become a child of God, or you need to take care of this sin, or you need to be encouraged to do more. And so we need to, it says right there, encourage or exhort one another daily. And then in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, this is another thing about exhortation. What I, I kind of just mentioned, but I want to read the verse along with it. <clears throat> Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, you know, if there's a brother or sister that is outside of the fold of safety, it's not the preacher's job. You don't go, okay, hey, Kyle, oh, so-and-so, you know, she hadn't attended, she hadn't done this, she hadn't done that. Kyle, you need to go over and see her, which Kyle was probably already already on it. But don't leave it to somebody else. Don't say, well, I know so-and-so will get it. I know so-and-so. Because what if everybody says that? And nobody's going to take care of their brother or sister. Their brother or sister may be lost eternally because we left it up to somebody else. <clears throat> don't think now they're going to be responsible for their own, their, their own sins they are but don't think we're not going to be held responsible if we sit by and don't do anything there, we have if you're like every other congregation there are brothers and sisters who are unfaithful there are some from Overland there are some in every congregation if it's been a body of Christ for very long there are some who've left the Lord and it is our job now, it's up to them to believe, but it's our job to go out and try to bring them back. And if we just leave it up to somebody else or if we do nothing, if we just go, well, you know, they didn't really care in the first place, I'm, whatever. We're going, they are going to pay. They are going uh, to reap what they sow. But if our inaction, it's going to be the same for us. We, are, we, will, uh, we will pay for that because we did not take care of our brothers and sisters like we ought. And it's too often... Uh, is the case I've seen here and there that there are people who are weak in the faith and if you're in a big con- congregation that's Overland 
160, 170. And I love it sometimes, but I hate it other times because it's it's easy to miss people. You know, I know my brothers and sisters, but you I sit up here on the second row. You turn around and you and you see you see your brothers and sisters, but there's a brother or sister that hadn't been there. And then you miss them again, you miss them again. Well, it's been, you know, three or four weeks since they've been there. And usually when someone falls away, the first sign is they don't they quit coming to church. They quit showing up. Or they get real sporadic in their attendance and then it goes from there. And it's it's really hard to see that. But sometimes we just we just kinda leave them. Uh, we've had some baptisms here just recently. Are we gonna baptize them and then go, all right, and just let them go? You don't just baptize them and let them go. We need we are our brother's keeper. Uh, we do need to look out for our brothers and sisters. We need to exhort them and we need need to visit. We need to help out. We need to do everything that we can to encourage them and, and help them <clears throat> to get stronger and to be a, a, a contributing part of the body there. Another one that I'm not saying we miss it, but a lot of times it's kind of skipped over because we don't think of that this happens in, in the United States. But daily ministration, over in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, <clears throat> it's taking care, taking care of our brothers and sisters. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 and this is the early, the early New Testament church. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. <clears throat> their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution or ministration. And they took care of it. Right there in verses 2 through 7, they appointed men to take care of that situation. And, uh, you know, we all need groceries. We all need food we all need shelter all of us need that every day and widows and orphans need them just as much as and just as often as we do and we need to look around for opportunities some in our and again in our congregation there are brothers and sisters who are there who need help sometimes they're maybe a bit ashamed to say i need help with paying a bill or i need help with this or i need help with whatever it is and we don't consider them poor because, well, they got a house and they got a car and they got all these things, but they need help. And instead of us, again, just looking over that and think, figuring somebody will take care of it or, hey, it doesn't happen here, it definitely does happen. And in Matthew 26, 11, Jesus told us that the poor would always be with us. There are always going to be people who need our help with money or with helping them out. And then in Galatians 2, 10, we need to remember the poor. So... James one twenty seven. I'm not going to turn all there, but <clears throat> pure and undefiled religion is that is to help. Well, I better turn there because I'm getting ready to uh, misquote that. James one twenty seven. <clears throat> pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So we need to visit the orphans and the widows, and to help those to take care of those. Who uh, who need our help? And I, again, sometimes that's something I don't think about a lot. It's something that uh, from time to time I hear. Oh, well, we helped so and so, or we helped this person, and and I didn't even know that they needed they had a, they needed uh, help, and that was my fault because I hadn't been paying attention. Thank you, brother. We need to be on the lookout. We need to know our brethren well enough to know who needs help, and we need to be ready to help. Again, we need we need to be ready to help. 
so many times we we pass it off on the and I'm, I'm just saying so many times it is passed off to the church or to someone else or someone who's closer you know in any big congregation you're gonna have groups you have people who are closer and well they'll take care of them they'll help them out they'll do this they may not do that and even if, even if they do it's it's not that doesn't relieve us relieve us of our responsibility of taking care of our um, brothers and sisters in Christ when they need help. First John three, First John chapter three verses seventeen and eighteen. <clears throat> but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. The true way we're going to know whether uh, we love God, whether we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, is whether we do something about it. Because I'll tell you, I love God. And I can tell you, I love all y'all. I can sit up here and tell you I love you a thousand times. Is that going to get the help you need? You might feel good. That's not going to take care of maybe a need that you have. And I can sit here and say I love God. I love God so much, you wouldn't believe how much I love God. And then I go out here and, and act like the devil. Do I truly love God? I don't. And Because the Lord said, we'll do his commandments. We'll obey his commandments. If we love him, we'll obey his commandments. And so we need to be not just profess that we love and that we take care of our, our own, but we need to be ready for action. Another one is daily cross-bearing. Uh, Luke 9, ch- uh, chapter 9, verse 23. <clears throat> Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. <clears throat> now, there are some of those who omit daily. That that word may not have been there. But that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, you, you're not just going to throw your cross over your shoulder one time for all time. Jesus said, He who follows him must take up his cross daily. He made the perfect sacrifice for us uh, by suffering that terrible terrible death we read about in hebrews 2 10 and if we hope to follow him we're going to expect some persecution and you know i I, this is just my my own opinion i'm going to preface this by saying that those of us who follow christ truly i think we're in for a little bit more persecution than we've had in the past because it seems like maybe things are getting worse people are getting more uh, isolated and choosing sides and people who believe god and who believe in the Bible uh, are? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna be seeing more persecution. But dear, friends, don't don't let that scare you away. Because the Lord said, if if you love me and if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. And so <clears throat> we got to expect that. He didn't say it more. He said it more than once. <clears throat> Paul knew what it was to suffer for Christ. Uh, let's turn to Second Corinthians four. Second Corinthians four eight through ten. <clears throat> we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus Christ, or for Jesus' sake, that the life of Christ also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. 
Paul knew, knew what it was like. He was stoned and left for dead. He was, there were so many things that Paul suffered physically. He was thrown in prison. There are so many things that he did that we will probably never experience. And yet he stayed strong. And the, the, the question I ask is, are we going to stay strong or are we going to uh, just think, well, it's, not, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, there's a song we sing. I won't turn to it, but it's the old rugged cross. And we love to sing about it. That's an old traditional hymn that everybody used to love to sing. But do we love to bear it? A lot of people will wear a cross around their necks, and I'm not knocking anybody who does. That's not a, that's that's not a knock on anybody who does. We'll wear a cross around our necks, or someone said put a steeple on a church building. My aunt Edna Fay, if she could have paid for one, she would have put a steeple on the church down there at Oakland Church of Christ. She said, "I just believe every church needs a steeple." And then every time she talked to me, she'd say, "That church, that church building needs a steeple." We people will put a steeple on a church building. They'll wear a cross around their necks, but when it becomes when it comes to the emblem of suffering, we're not so eager to bear the cross. I can again, I can I can talk a good game, but am I going to live it? And then there's another song we sing: "Must Jesus bear the cross alone?" The answer has got to be no. The answer says the answer has got to be that I am going to bear the cross. I am going to pick up my cross and bear it daily. We need to realize that. And then daily results. Over in Acts 2.47, and now, again, people are going to say, well, now, Tim, these are extraordinary circumstances. You're not going to have to expect uh, results like this. Acts 2, where was I? There we go, Acts 2.47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, there's that word again, those who are being saved. And we see that on the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 added. And they had people adding left and right. Probably tens and hundreds of people were added to the church daily. And you're going, well, now, wait a minute. The apostles were there. It was something new. And there was so much going on. We can't expect results like that. And, you know, you may be right. But and in Acts chapter 16, verse 5, it says the church has increased in number daily. Uh, but that's not the only way you grow. You know, we can have a church full of people. We could come up here and just line them up and just start baptizing left and right. All right, go sit over here. We could fill this building up with people who are baptized, and that's not the only way to grow. We talked about uh, daily exhortation. We talked about bearing our cross. We talked about daily Bible study. We talked about praying daily. There are ways that we have to grow, and we can grow. And you know, when a congregation, individuals and a congregation together work together, you're going to see daily results. Uh, you, like y'all got a Bible study uh, down there at Jay's. You know, that's a wonderful thing. And, and you can't have too many of those because, uh, well, this is something that where my uh, niece's husband, he's a preacher up in, is it Evansville? And they had a, they had a uh, radio show. It cost them $50 a month to go on there and, and to talk about the Bible. And he and another fellow. And they got together and the church discussed whether that was really a, a good use you know, of money. We might discontinue that. Well, there was a guy that walked in the building one time and he sat down and he said, you know, he said, I've been listening to you guys on, on the radio. And he said, I opened my Bible up and he said, I, I know. He said, everything that y'all said, he goes, I can see it in the Bible. And he became a child of God. Now, was that worth $50 a month? <laughs> it certainly was. And so... And so daily results, I'm not saying just throw money at a problem. Sometimes spending a little money will help. But 
when we are doing all these things, bearing our cross, taking care of our brothers and sisters who are not as fortunate as we are, when we're exhorting one another, when we're praying daily for the things that we need, again, the Lord knows what we need. If we're praying for our brother, our brother here, he goes over to the Middle East quite a bit. Do we, I'm sure we pray for him all the time. We pray for his safety. Daily Bible study. You may not have a formal Bible study, but open your Bible up and read a passage and think about it. And daily evangelism, those people who we're around, do they know we're a Christian or have they worked around us for 17 years and just out of the blue they heard, heard that, oh, you preach here or you do that? And they go, oh, wow, I didn't know you were a Christian. <clears throat> Thankfully, I've never had that happen. But I would be beyond embarrassed and I would have to examine the way I was living my life if I'd worked, and I've worked at where my current job uh, for about 17 years. And if somebody just found out I was a Christian that had been around me for very long at all, that would be embarrassing, and I would have to I would have to repent because I hadn't been living the way that I that I should have been living. And so it would be wonderful if we could have additions to the Lord's Church at every service, <clears throat> more people to have, uh, more wonderful to have people added daily. But I think let's turn over to Romans one, Romans chapter one, verse uh, verse sixteen. I think that we've uh, maybe not said this, but we've gotten away from the truth of this. Romans 1, 16, 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are we ashamed of it? Are we ashamed to teach people? Or are we um, uh, too timid because maybe we don't know enough? That all goes back to uh, studying the Bible daily. But not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it's not about me, but it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. This word is just as strong and just as powerful and just as life-changing right now as it was 2,000 years ago when it was first uh, preached. And so we need to realize that the power is not in me. The power is not in how eloquent I am because if that were the case, it, it, we, would be in, we would be in serious trouble. The power is in the gospel and the power is in us getting them to the word either getting them again if you can't teach someone ask a brother or sister here who can teach who can help you sit down and open that word up with somebody in your family somebody who you work with it might be a total stranger off the street it doesn't matter who it is but if you can't do it I'm sure there are brothers and sisters here who would jump at the chance to sit down with you and to study with people and so <clears throat> we need to realize that the gospel is still powerful it is still the powerful, uh, as powerful as it was, and it's going to be the only thing. I, I've talked with people at work when they've become a a, a Christian, and I, and I hate to do that, put it, but they they come out there and and they've come up with all kinds of convoluted ways of becoming a child of God. And the first question I ask them is, "Well, where did you find that in the scriptures?" Well, my preacher told me this. Okay, but where did he find it in the scriptures? And they don't, and it's, and they don't want really to go to a verse and show you because they can't. First of all, but uh, it's like I was talking to Kyle, and he said there's a a fellow who uh, talked about that he was saved through prayer, and this person was saved through prayer. This is this is a particular person I was talking with, and she said that she had prayed to God, and that she felt different, and she just knew that she was saved, and and she even got a tattoo to uh, to commemorate it. And so I was, I, I but I said. Where did I said what is, uh, 
how did you become a child of God? And she said, well, we talked about it, and I knew that I was a sinner. Okay, that's good, because we all are sinners. And then I prayed about it, and I said, okay. And then she said, I was a, I was a child of God. And I said, you stopped short of the Bible example. And so uh, it, it's really sad we need to realize that the power is still there, but don't stop short of it. Don't just teach half of it, and don't just – we need to realize that, um, that it's still there. People are still searching. So with all that being said, let me ask you something. Y'all can probably look at me and tell, you, and tell that I don't work out. Uh, but if I was to tell you that I'm going to the gym one day a week and working out like crazy, what do you think I'd look like six months from now? I'd probably look about the same. No, I wouldn't look like that. <laughs> but but I, I would probably look about the same because working out one day a week is not going to be enough. And... And so what I'm trying to say is, is we need to work out daily. And I'm not talking about lifting weights. That'd be a good thing uh, to get in uh, physical health. But the thing that matters is getting in spiritual health is, again, I'm just going to run over them really quick, is to pray daily. Pray to God. Pray for, uh, for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. The Lord is going to send you every opportunity. He's going to bombard you with opportunities. And if you're not paying attention, I've seen in my life when opportunity after opportunity when I've looked and turned around at all of the opportunities that I've missed because I wasn't paying attention. The Lord's going to give us opportunities. Pray for opportunities. Pray for growth. Pray for wisdom. Pray for knowledge, but don't realize, or realize excuse me, that the Lord's not going to zap you. The Lord's going to say, you read my word and study my word. And that's what we go into is daily Bible study. Teaching people daily. Daily evangelism. Encouraging and exhorting one another. Taking care of those who are less fortunate bearing our cross <clears throat> and then you will see daily results it, you may not see it in your brothers and sisters uh, necessarily but you're going to see spiritual growth in your life that you've not maybe not seen before and you're going to grow people around you are going to see that they're going to be encouraged by that and you as a person and as a Christian are going to be better and the congregation is going to be better for it because if we're all doing if I won't count us all up, if we're all doing everything that we can be doing, just imagine how we'll grow. And I'm not talking numerically necessarily, but just imagine how we'll grow. Let's not leave it up to Kyle. Let's not leave it up to one or another person. Let's all do our part. <clears throat> and men are not going to be saved by sermons and worship on Sunday unless we're saved all the other days of the week by the work and the service that we render for Jesus Christ. So what kind of religion do we have? Do we have one that we come in on Sunday morning and we, we put it on like our Sunday clothes? I'm 50 years old and I still call them Sunday clothes. I have, I have my regular clothes and then I got my Sunday clothes. And, uh, and do, we, do we put our Sunday clothes on on Sunday morning and we act like a Christian and we say the right things and we do the right things and we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family here, and then when we go home, take them off, put our jeans and a T-shirt on and go out in the yard, do I become a different person? I can't do that. I can't do that. We've got to be a Christian all the time. We've got to be growing all the time, studying all the time, doing everything we can because life is short. Second Corinthians 6.2 says, Today is the day of salvation. And that's, that's talking about this may be the only day we have. You know, I say this every time. And I'll probably say it if you ever invite me back again. But <clears throat> today is the day of salvation. I don't, I don't say that to scare anybody necessarily. But today may be the only uh, day we have. I've, I have seen so many people 
people that I knew through brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, y'all know uh, knew J.T. Smith. J.T. Smith passed away uh, about three, two or three weeks ago. And he was a wonderful, wonderful man. Stayed with us for a week during a gospel meeting. A uh, fine gospel preacher and a wonderful example. And then our uh, Donna Harden, her parents both passed away within about about 30 hours of one another here about the same time. Uh, but you never know. Now, they were older folks, but that doesn't necessarily... Uh, death comes to us all, and it can come to us when we're young, middle-aged, when we're older. And so I would impress upon you, don't do it because you're scared. Do it because you want to do what the Lord wants to do, wants you to do. The Lord wants you to become a child of His. I don't know everybody's situation here tonight, this afternoon, but... If you're not a child of God, you can become a child of God tonight. And you can be washed and be just as pure and clean as you were when you were a newborn baby and in, the, in, in baptism. <clears throat> but if you've had sin in your life, uh, you know, if you've been failing, falling short, and doing the things, or, or not doing the things that we talked about tonight, just kind of hitting and missing at it instead of making it a, the cornerstone of your life, that you're, I'm going to study, I'm going to pray, I'm going to teach, I'm going to do those things because uh, because that's what the Lord wants me to do. If you've been kind of hitting and missing at that and you think you can do better, you might need to uh, take care of that. If you've sinned in, of a private nature, by all means, uh, you take care of that privately. Take care of that with the Lord. And he, will, he will forgive you if you repent. But if you've sinned of a public nature and you brought reproach upon the Lord, you brought reproach upon this congregation, uh, and you've, you've done anything in that sort of way, we can also help you with that. But whatever, whatever situation you might find yourself in, we can help you with that as we stand and sing.